we need to get the correctness and the politics out of education and get back to learning and nurturing independent thought and development of skills. Hello and welcome to Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father, a podcast of the exact email exchanges my father and I had the year before he died. I'm your host, Jonathan Grossman. And I'm your co-host, Michael Grossman. Yes, an AI-generated clone of my actual voice. On today's podcast, we discuss a few more docs on Trump, Biden's tax plan, and the direction of our educational system. Do we need to spend less money on the military and more money on education? I would say so. I hold those truths to be self-evident. As do I, but with a far different conclusion. We also discuss whether or not America is leaning too far into socialism. Again, that is obvious. And as I said, your grandfather and great-uncle, both who served in World War II, might now wonder what they fought for. Yep, we'll hear your thoughts on this in a bit. Let's stir the pot. Pops, I'm glad you're open to doing some more watching reading. I'm open as well to anything you want to send my way. Like I said before, last time you sent me something was Larry Elder's book on libertarianism. A good read. I liked it a lot, and surprisingly, I agreed with many of his points. I also want to add that after extensive reading, watching, and listening I've done on Trump, there's one incredible takeaway. For all of his failures, foibles, and mistakes, he is one freaking amazing salesman. But make no mistake about it, that's all he really is. The world's greatest used car salesman. A giant and unbelievably gifted Svengali. If only he would do more good with his gift. So, with love from me to you... Let's start here. Here are three docs worth watching. I'm sure you'll wince at number two and number three, given that they're on Netflix and Obama basically runs the place and decides which radical left-wing propaganda to televise, (laughs) according to you. Okay, so here we go. The Swamp, which is on HBO. It's a 90-minute film. This one is about, among other things, Republican Congressman Matt Gates's attempt to rebel against his own party by not participating in the lobbying culture of Washington. It's ironic that his efforts are thwarted by the very man whose motto is drain the swamp. Gates is a likable dope, and the movie's interesting because it follows a story of conservatives trying to do good things in Washington. You don't often see docs of this nature. And I wanted to start you off with a softball, but trust me, there's plenty of juice here. Okay, the second one is Dirty Money on Netflix. This one is episode six. This thing is, uh, Dirty Money is created and directed by Alex Gibney. And I love this one because it's filled with the dirty financial dealings throughout Trump's phenomenally, and I'll put it in quotes, phenomenally self-made career, end quote. I think we talked about this one before, but it's worth watching again because it's just so good. The whole series, by the way, is six episodes, and all of them are fascinating, from the VW scandal to HSBC's money laundering for the Sinaloa cartel. Really, really interesting stuff, some of which, most of which, I didn't even know about. Season two, episode three, is about Jared Kushner and his family. Wow, they are a bunch of doozies, to say the least. Okay, the next one I want you to watch is called Trump, An American Dream, also on Netflix. It's four episodes, each of them are one hour. 
Ooh, boy, this one is juicy. It's hard to refute the evidence here. It's so well documented and supported. I'm sure you'll manage to find holes, which will be interesting to discuss. By the way, I find it so curious, the, all the info they have about the relationship between Deutsche Bank and Trump, and perhaps Putin. Just out of curiosity, are you accepting the Netflix docs as being accurate and true? Yes, you perceived my concern about referring to Netflix as an authority for anything. Not just the Obama connection, but by rescuing Susan Rice from oblivion by placing her on their board of directors. Need I explain who Rice is and why the Netflix connection makes me even more cautious? By the way, has Netflix ever once run a doc that was complimentary or supportive of Republicans or conservatives? Nevertheless, I will watch the two docs because you have asked me to. I am overdosed for the time being. I read and watched all of your recommendations, except the one HBO doc which I could not find. Yes, I understand Trump is no angel. He is an egomaniacal braggart who hogs the spotlight. And that brings me back to what I explained to you a while back. The personality is much less important to me than the policies. The long and the short of it is Trump has done more things that align with my views than just about any previous president. Certainly more so than Obama or Clinton. Albeit Clinton was more of a moderate. Yes, all politicians are scum and all politicians lie. Most will say whatever is expedient at the moment and suits their agenda or the group they are addressing. I hope you will at least admit that Biden has at different times taken opposite stance on several important issues. That is perhaps the one main area where what they say does matter. If they come down hard on both sides of the issue, what is their position? What is their policy? Biden has transgressed on one of the most important issues for me, taxes. He has denied his tax plan will increase taxes for the middle class. Maybe so if you consider anybody making less than $20,000 a year part of the middle class. I just cannot trust Democrats when it comes to taxes. They seem to have no limit on their appetite for taxing and spending. Don't get me wrong. I understand taxes are necessary. What I don't understand is driving taxes up in order to make grants to things like the Kennedy Center. It has been established over and over that when taxes go down, private philanthropy increases. But for those in the government who are usually power-mad control freaks, they don't want to give up the power that comes with dispensing largesse. I just read an article which, if half of it is accurate, it would make it impossible for me to vote for Biden or any Democrat. Go read the tax plan yourself. It is on the Biden campaign website. Perhaps start with this article and go from there. Once you have digested his intentions with taxes, perhaps you will ask yourself this. Am I happy to work hard, bust my balls to earn money for my family, and have it plucked away with nary, a please or a thank you by spend-crazy politicians? I know my answer to that. You may consider Trump a scoundrel. But I ask you this. Were you better off with Trump's policies? COVID-19 changed the game and would have done so regardless of who was in office. As for whether the policies put in place by Trump or the Democrat governors are better, that could provide grist of a long, long debate. Here's what it comes down to, son. 
The things important to me relative to the government are this. 1. Personal liberty, limited government. 2. Lower taxes. 3. Strong defense. 4. America first. I'm sure there are others that I am overlooking right now because I am so overdosed after reading the Biden tax plan. Here's the bottom line. Trump may be a scoundrel in his personal life, but as a president, he has followed policies that I believe are best for me and, for the most part, for America. The idea of the People's Republic of USA is anathema to me. It negates everything our forebears fought and died for. Harsh as it may sound, I am glad that my father and Uncle Warren and Cousin Leon did not live to see this day. They might question what they fought so hard for. They all served in World War II. Grandpa as a recruiter for the OSS, Uncle Warren, as you know, was a crypto-analyst, a codebreaker in the OSS, serving in London after the Blitz. Cousin Leon Michaelis was a career army officer retiring with the rank of full colonel. He served in Europe during World War II, and after the war was a ranking officer in the occupation of Germany. Oh, wow. You OD'd because you watched all that crap about Trump in such a short time. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Of course Biden changes his mind and his views, etc. Who doesn't change their mind? You get more information, you change your mind. Uh, you probably have a different opinion of this with regard to Biden. But for me, people change their mind. I do accept that. By the way, I'll read the tax plan on Biden's site. I'm sure I'll find things in there that I don't love. Okay, let's talk about something else. You also glossed over the COVID issue. Time will tell, as it always does. But as of now, I feel his administration's greatest failure is their handling or mishandling of the pandemic. He was so afraid the economy would tank that he was willing to spread misinformation, which resulted in more deaths than necessary. We could go back and forth on that one. But like I said, time will tell. We can let history decide. I will mention that I think it's so sad that he's telling people not to be afraid of the virus because he had it and recovered with no problem. Of course, with the most advanced doctors and healthcare available to anyone in our country, paid for by the very people he's talking to. Oh, well, hopefully when he wins, because I'm saddened to admit that I think he'll constitutionally steal the election. Anyway, I hope when he wins, he will keep his promise to cover people with pre-existing conditions, like the coronavirus he's telling people not to be afraid of. Let me be clear about something you asked. No effing way am I better off with Trump in office for all the reasons mentioned in prior emails. The only direct benefits I have experienced are their market going up and taxes going down. Great. Who doesn't like to have more say about how their hard-earned money is spent? Taxes are horrible when the money is mismanaged, which the government is great at doing. However, where would you like money spent? On military and border control? I'd like a 10% tilt towards education and health care. The problem is most Dems complain we spend too much on military. But the fact of the matter is I'm actually a fan of preemptive military actions. Show the strength so the problem never arises. Create allies just in case. I'm sure you agree with this. I just feel that there's a bit of fat to trim from the big money sweetheart military deals that would be better spent on health care reform and most importantly, 
importantly, education. The fact that State College, forget Cornell or Stanford because I'll have to mortgage my house for those, but the fact that State College for Owen and Piper will cost me more than you paid for your house on Ariba Drive seems comical. I won't have the kids come out of college with any debt because that's no way for them to start their life. I'll thank you for that precedent. We've saved a bunch of money for college so far, but what astounds me is that there's no way I've saved enough. Well, let's take a short break and continue on Tuesday evening when you're jumping for joy and I'm on the phone with a realtor so I can sell my house and move somewhere where at least they admit a corrupt dictator rules the country. So sad that we have such extremely different views on democracy. Why did I think democracy meant the people's voice gets heard and counts? It sure doesn't feel like it in the case of this election. Look, if I'm wrong and Trump wins fair and square, so be it. Still moving out of the country for four years. But if he steals the election with alternate electors and false claims of voter fraud, I'm sticking around to see how that justice is served. More money for education? Sounds great in theory. Fact is, we already spend more per student in our public schools than any other country. And look what we get. The private institutions charge a small fortune and still put the bite on their alumni and foundations for more and more and more. And while some of them turn out first-rate graduates, we still wind up down the list in science, math, engineering, skilled trades, but very high on the list of lawyers and politicians. Explain that. My point is that money is not going to make our educational system any better. It has already shown us that the system is a bottomless pit when it comes to money. But we shouldn't complain. It is the money motivation that provides us with some excellent football. (laughs) You will no doubt disagree with me on this next point, and that is, of course, your right. I believe the worst part of our educational system that could be fixed at relatively no cost would be to purge this insane saturation of political correctness, of concern for feeling rather than learning. We have so many kinds of made-up curricula meant to placate the demands of every person who wants their own history, their own culture, to be the subject of an advanced education degree. We need to get back to basics and get back to more learning and less indoctrination. I think the stranglehold on the educational system held by liberals is not healthy. And this might surprise you, but I would feel the same way if the stranglehold was held by conservatives. The formative years of education need to be used for teaching. I remember how frustrating it was early in college when I would ask the professor a question. And instead of getting his opinion, I would get either, well, what do you think? Or he would say, some say this and others say that. And frankly, what the professor's political leanings might be was never evident and not a consideration. I learned from that not to expect answers from teachers, but exposure to as many different facets of a subject as possible, and then to form my own opinion. I look back and am very grateful for that, and wish that today's students had that same excellent educational atmosphere. We need to get the correctness and the politics out of education and get back to learning and nurturing independent thought and development of skills. Well, I've rambled on more than I should have. So, Dinosaur here, signing off. Peace. Out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we go, I have to address something you said about indoctrination of all kinds of curricula meant to placate people. 
I think you might be mixing some ideas here. There's a difference between a made-up culture and history and an actual one. America was founded on being a melting pot of cultures. Unfortunately, conservatives, or more distinctly, the religious right, would like to erase the parts of history that don't conform to their white Christian views. There are, in fact, many voices to be heard and many parts of history that have not been properly told. For example, it took me 40 years to finally learn about the Stonewall riots and what it actually stood for. In fact, your suggestion of getting back to an education where the professor doesn't impose their views and politics on the curricula reinforces my contention. Reason being that most of the movement to expand our history and culture is coming from the younger generation, from the students. Ironically, you may be wishing for something which brings an undesired result for you. As you yourself said, you're getting to the dinosaur stage, and frankly, I'm not far behind. But I've been around some of the deeper thinkers of Owens and Piper's generation, and you know what? It gives me hope. It may be different than how you or I would do it, but it will soon be their world, and they're making their voices heard. Isn't that the most American thing we could wish for? Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father is hosted by Jonathan Grossman and me, Michael Grossman. The show is produced and recorded by Night Shift Audio, AI-generated voice and voice cloning by the Play HT engine. Main title music by Dogwood Moon. Please encourage everyone to have conversations with people of varying points of view. Listen, learn, and most importantly, keep an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.